0: You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Panther Nation? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. I am Nick Farabaugh. I write for Pittsburgh Sports Now I call games at the WPTS radio station, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. Got a great guest coming on today, and Kale Berger from 937 The Fan. We'll talk about how long is that leash for Pat Narduzzi's job security, where the Panthers can go in the secondary from here, and overall, what is the outlook on the season after this loss to Western Michigan? All that and more coming up on Locked On Pit. Panther Nation, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Welcoming in Kale Berger today, but first make sure to check out Locked On ACC. There's no better place to get all of your ACC conference news than the Locked On ACC Podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. Follow the Locked On ACC Podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Kale, how are you doing today?
1: Nick, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem, Kale tell them what you do, man. You do a, a lot here around pit and, and you're, you're around that program a lot. So tell them what you're
1: right. I do a lot around pit, a lot around Pittsburgh, but, uh, my official title on the studio host halftime post-game pre-game for, uh, the pit football radio network. So 937 the fan, uh, across the, uh, the affiliate network as well. I do pit basketball as well. My, my third year doing that for the, uh, for the radio team. So, uh, a lot of fun, and yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm around the program a lot. I'm down there at the facility most days and uh, and covering the Panthers on Saturdays as well. So uh, like you, uh, like we talked about, a lot to get into from uh, Saturday's game.
0: Yeah, a lot to get into. Now, I had a special Saturday episode on here where I talked kind of about the scheme, and I think that's the main thing, that just to take away from the game, because Pat Narduzzi... His scheme worked in the Big Ten at Michigan State. It worked wonderfully. And ever since coming to the ACC, he just has not been able to get a consistently great defense. Even when they have NFL talent like they did last year, they end up getting torched by some other team, right? Uh, I feel like, I don't know what your implications are on that, but Narduzzi, when questioned today, he's kind of, he, he essentially said, we got to make adjustments. And I think making adjustments is kind of going outside your comfort zone, outside of just the quarter scheme, right?
1: Well, I think that that's what our read on in terms of what the phrase making adjustments means, but I don't think that's necessarily what Pat Narduzzi does. We know anything about Pat Narduzzi is that uh, he's a guy who's pretty set in his ways. I don't want to call him stubborn, but a guy who likes to do things his way. And he has his scheme that he knows in the past, like you said, has worked. And it's worked in the past at Pitt, too. You mentioned, you know, with NFL talent. Uh, but even the last two years, uh, I know guys are now in the NFL like a Damar Hamlin, who was probably the main guy that Pitt missed on Saturday was not having him to to guard Sky Moore and others uh, in the slot against Western Michigan. But when it comes to making adjustments, I think it's strictly, you know, maybe they blitz more in terms of trying to create more pressure against those RPOs, those, those, uh, those quick strike offenses that really Western Michigan implemented to negate the pass rush of Pitt when they try to rush with four guys but I think also maybe it's personnel, you know, maybe they just try and switch the personnel up at at who's playing that field safety position. You know, Eric Hallett, I thought has been a good player for Pitt, whether it was over the last couple of years, subbing in for DeMar Hamlin and others, or in his, in his spurts that he's played. And I thought he's been good this season thus far, but clearly uh, the Broncos on tape looked at him and thought, here's the guy, big red circle, red X. Here's the guy that we want to, uh, exploit uh, on Saturday. And they basically did at will, you know, every play they basically ran the same play that RPO with the slant for the guy in the slot and uh, Eric Hallett or whoever the Panthers had in there couldn't really uh, defend it. So I think that's more of what pattern is saying by adjustments is they're going to, you know, tool with personnel, maybe tool with a little bit of stuff, but they're not going to overhaul the defense after one game. And, you know, uh, Maybe that's a longer discussion for another day of if this is working for the Panthers. But I think that really they just kind of ran into a buzzsaw in Western Michigan and they had the perfect game plan executed and the Panthers just weren't able to adjust.
0: Yeah. And I think Western Michigan, again, I I talked about this on the show. I think Ellaby is a very good quarterback. Some of those throws he made um, on that third and 12 specifically when they sent Patricia out of the slot, unbelievable yeah. throw that was dropping B- Baldonado in coverage. And he just thread the needle between three guys, put it on the back shoulder of Corey Crooms, and it was a gorgeous throw. But I do think that there's something to be said, you know, rushing forward and essentially putting your corners in cover zero is something I don't like personally. It's not a scheme I would endorse at the college level. I think if you I think if you run this at the high school level, it's a gorgeous defense. I just don't think you're gonna find that um, though, at the college level, because you know, you'll find teams like Tennessee, who have Joe Milton and Hendon Hooker, who can't throw the ball at all. You'll run into teams like UMass, New Hampshire, is the same example. You'll run into ACC teams. Um, Georgia Tech is going to be one of those teams. But you'll also run into, you know, the Caleb Ellabies, the Sam Howells, the Mason Rudolphs, the, you know, the Trevor Lawrence's of of the world that are going to be the ACC is a a power five conference. And by virtue of scheduling, In an ACC conference game, you're going to run into quarterbacks that can make NFL caliber throws at times, and that's just the thing. And it's why I think Pitt just, you know, they're due for three or four losses, even with the good offense, and that's the thing that gets it with me. But, I mean, how? I guess the big discussion is now, they lose to Western Michigan, Pickett puts up a great game, and okay, now they're two and one. This was supposed to be the breakthrough season. Well, how much longer is the leash on Pat and our uh,
1: I don't know. And, and when I look at the Panthers, uh, their performance this season or, or kind of what their expectations were, because like you said, now they're two and one. I don't, I'm not one that, that totally thinks that the season's over with, you know, I, I think some seem to think, Oh, they lost to Western Michigan. Now, you know, throw the whole season in the trash. I don't think it's necessarily the case. I mean, This is still, I think, a talented pit team, a team with, obviously, like you said, great quarterback play, great skill position players on the outside on offense, Uh, maybe some questions along the offensive line and with that run game and then defensively, they have players too. The ACC does not look good, okay, especially the Coastal Division. North Carolina is beatable. Uh, Virginia, I guess, is kind of the, uh, the dark horse or darling that's come out of nowhere here to start the year, but they probably are beatable. Miami, the same way. Uh, I'm not really blown away by the ACC as a whole, even Clemson, who plays this year. I mean, they barely beat Georgia Tech this weekend. So, you know, as I look at the rest of the schedule for the Panthers, I mean, yes, is it not, is it subpar to lose to Western Michigan at home in a non-conference game? Absolutely. I don't think anyone's uh, debating that or doesn't think that's the case. But what I think is, needs to be reminded is, you know, they still have nine games left and nine games against an ACC that I think is at least an ACC Coastal division. It's very winnable. So the Panthers can still end up with a nine and three season or maybe even better depending on how they play, but they need some things to fix it right now to make sure that happens as for, as for Pat Arduzzi, you know, he just signed that extension a couple of years ago or last year. Uh, I think he's doing a lot of really great things to build this program. You know, I think the recruiting is going well. Uh, I think the Panthers, I mean, that's the one kind of give and take or the way, two ways to look at Pat Arduzzi. Sometimes there are some frustrating losses like this game, but there's also, you know, Pit. if you look at the Pit game notes before every week, one of the stats they always have in there is that Pitt has like the second most wins in the ACC over the last like five years behind Clemson, you know? So they're having success. They're winning games in the conference. I mean, they're having, depending on how you describe success or how you uh, analyze success, but, you know, they're, they're having some success under Pataduzzi. They are winning games. It's just, you know, those games to get over the top. And I think there's still a lot of journey left this season to kind of, to kind of write their story uh based on let's not you know do that after one game against western michigan
0: all right kale i see the viewpoint but first i do want to talk to you guys a little bit about prize picks all right college football fanatics have you heard about prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy made easy i love this and i know you will too prize picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy they offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and they offer all-star players of the Power Five as well as the mid-major players you may have never heard of. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns to interceptions thrown. All of your users that deposit and use the promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit to match up to $100. So please, don't hesitate to check out prizepix.com and go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Special values coming soon. All right folks, welcome back to the locked on pit podcast and kale man i want to get into this discussion you i can see your viewpoint but i do think at at some point you look at these losses you know they've lost games like this both in acc play and both out of acc play before well and
1: i'll say that i'll I'll say this real quickly not not to cut you off i I think this in terms of non-conference this is really their only uh i think really bad non-conference loss they've had under pat aduce yes they have not beaten villanova or youngstown state or or other teams convincingly, Delaware beat them convincingly. But, you know, the only other non-conference losses I think they've had are like UCF and Notre Dame, which there's no shame in losing to those teams. There are games in the ACC, like you said. You know, they've dropped games to to far subpar teams or far less talented teams. But I think in the non-conference, this Western Michigan one is kind of an outlier.
0: Yeah, I mean it is, but again, you know, Pitt has toted that line before. Delaware last year was one. No, you're right. You know, but they haven't like, lost they didn't the game. Lose that game. Yeah, but you know, <clears throat> I, I think the one that sticks out to me is uh, I think it was two years, I think it was two years ago when they when Boston College barn yes. barn burned them right out of the stadium with AJ Dillon, Right. Um. That that was a game N- you should N- have won.
1: NC State last year.
0: Yep. And 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 like these are the things when I look at. Petner doozy and I say well you have to win these games and yes it's not always losing to western michigan but is Pitt at such a level where they should be getting run out of the stadium by western michigan essentially now it's a 44-41 loss right and by run out of the stadium I mean that defense got run out of the stadium they could not stop ellaby they could not stop more they could not stop Crooms. It was, a, it was a mess. And then you also look at the other non-conference teams they've scheduled. Oklahoma State with Mason Rudolph. Okay. You ran into Mason Rudolph and James Washington. Cool. One of the best deep threat duos we've had in recent memory in college football. I don't care about yeah. those. But I do care about losing the mediocre ACC teams, like a Virginia, for example, in some years. I do hate that they lose to those teams. Now, they'll beat the, the, the low, low-tier teams. They... Almost always beat Georgia Tech. They almost always take care of business against Syracuse. They almost always take care of business against Duke. I yeah. appreciate that. But at some point, when you go when you go to Pat Narduzzi, you have to say, these six to eight win seasons are cool. We have stability here. We're producing NFL talent. But if we're getting nine guys picked in the draft, we got to have a nine, ten win season. We have an NFL quarterback on this roster who has an NFL tight end another NFL receiver we have a few more talented receivers with Wayne and and how he's looked Barton looks like he's better you know they finally have the tight end in curl the O-line's giving him good protection and they're putting up 40 points they, they have 40 points in each game now first time they've ever done that it's huge for the program so you finally get a good offense and then the defense collapses and I don't and here's the thing. I don't know if it's as much – I don't blame Eric Hallett at the time. Here's why. I, the scheme put him in a bad situation from the jump. It put him on an island 10 yards back, and I get it. It's a free safety position. You're essentially – essentially Hallett's the slot corner, if you understand. They really don't – they really have one safety, and it's Brandon Hill. Yeah, yeah. Hallett, Hallett is the slot corner, and he's 10 yards off every play, and all all Ellaby's doing is doing a quick glance route and hitting them on the slant, like it's yeah. I, I he's I just don't think Narduzzi has specifically put his players in positions to win big time games. And and you know this is just one of those disappointing losses that we've seen where we look around and you look at those seasons. You know that even when they won the Coastal that year, you just look around and you say, "Man, we could have been." Say they end I don't know nine and five. Nine and four, whatever, nine and four, probably. Man, we could have been ten and three, something like that. Like this is one of those games, right? It's just a bad loss. and and you know, and that's the thing. And even when they get into the big territory or the big games, they haven't proven that they've been able to reach those heights and and come up with those big wins. They'll have a few upsets here and there. Clemson, obviously, Miami, obviously, they've competed with Notre Dame a lot. but when the big games come, you know, when they face Miami this year, when they face UNC, when they face Virginia Tech, when they face Clemson, at essentially this point, you want to come out of that, I mean, with Virginia in that too now because it looks like Virginia is legitimately going to be a team that they're going to have to contend with. You need to come out of that three and two at least, right? I mean, this has to be the year you you break the plateau of eight and four and at least get to nine and three and try to end the season ranked. I think that's, that's just something you have to show progression with your program.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree. And I think that this, you know, I I said this before the season started, that this was definitely the year for for Pitt to do that with the way that the schedule was set up non-conference with the way the conference looked, I mean, heading into the year, when I looked at Miami, I looked at North Carolina, I looked at Clemson, obviously, uh, didn't really think anything of Virginia. I, know, I had no expectation for them. Really, they weren't on my radar um, until they started playing games, obviously. Uh, but when I looked at those teams, I thought, okay, if Pitt's going to go maybe 9-3 and three this year, those are the three games that are really going to trip them up. But like, like I said, I, I look now at of Miami, and, and they have not impressed me at all, really, and what they've done so far. North Carolina, um, they obviously have great offensive firepower. Sam Howell is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, not sure about their defense. Not sure about their offensive line. And then you look at Clemson and and I look at the Panthers and, you know, sorry about that. Uh, I look at the Panthers and uh, you know, one of the things uh, that I think that they could do to a Clemson team is, you know, maybe dial up some of that similar pressure that we saw from like a Georgia team in that opening game of the season, you have a Cam Bright, Phil Campbell, Zervasier, Dennis flying downhill at DJ Ungalale and, and throwing, you know, throwing all kind of stuff at him. So that kind of all excites me. That's the optimist in me, I guess. But, But you're right. You know, this is the year coming in where you have this super senior quarterback. You have a lot of guys returning on the defensive side. You thought to reload on the defensive side. You have all these weapons that are real opportunity for the Panthers. And like I said, though, um, their story is not written yet. And as much as in a macro sense, this is not a great loss for the Panthers this past week. Um, All of their goals that they had, like Pat Narduzzi said, I know that's a platitude. and, And he was using that in the press conference. They're still in front of them, and I think they have enough talent to to beat a Miami to beat a North Carolina. We'll see about Clemson. Obviously, I think they'll get things together.
0: Yeah, I I think I think they end up with at least seven wins. I'll say that. I don't think it's going to be a complete flush of a season, and I can no, see them winning nine. Yeah, but but yeah. but you know, it's it's even if they go nine and three, and you know, go to a bowl, there's still a certain PR about this where you lose to Western Michigan. And the thing is you lose to a Western Michigan and people just are going to point at it. Same old pit, you know, just the same stuff. Right. And it hurts you. It hurts you when you're trying. And this was my big thing. When you're trying to create recruiting hotbeds in places like Texas and places like California, you need to to make sure you have a strong year, right? Because th- these yes. guys aren't going to come from San Diego to pittsburgh without a real opportunity and and you know they they want to win they can stay out on the west coast and go to a ucla a usc an oregon uh, a utah byu now coming up right like there's a lot of these teams and in texas they can go to Ole miss or some team like that that's proven yeah. they can do something so that's also something that's just it hurts especially when you're trying to recruit there but again he, the recruiting has been good the talent development has been phenomenal. I mean, they produced NFL talent. It's just at this point, the only the the only the coaching is such a huge part of their downfalls that I think you have to imagine it. But Narduzzi has brought stability. And I, I will say this. If they win eight, nine games, I don't think he's gone this year. So I think he has a, a little bit of a longer leash than the fan base has for him from Heather like, but.
1: Listen, that's how fans that's how fans react to things, as we know, being lifelong fans of you know football in general. That's how fans react to things. And, you know, that's not uh, that, that's their prerogative, too. Right. That's what it's about being a fan. You're supposed to overreact. You're supposed to have emotions after wins, losses, whatever. Um, I will say like the one additional thing on the front of like this Western Michigan game is, yeah, you know, this is a game where it, you're, you're back at home. I'm sure they had a lot of recruits in attendance. So not ideal, obviously, to have a result like that. But this isn't unheard of that, you know, ACC teams, just teams in general, are people get beat by lesser competition all the time. You know, people get beat by teams that are from a lesser conference or a lesser, I guess, level. And I think that as much criticism as there is with college football, that it's just, you know, it's Clemson and Alabama every year. Uh, I think below those guys, there's a lot of parity in college football, probably more than there's ever been. And I think, you know, not to make excuses for the Panthers that that game, you know, it shouldn't have gone. It should have gone the way it did. I think they definitely maybe laid an egg in some respects. Um, you know, Florida state's getting beat by Jacksonville state. I mean, people are getting beat by Northern Iowa every week for every year from FCS. I mean, this isn't something that's unheard of. It's not something you want, but it's also really the first time this has happened under Pat Arduzzi, but it's not like something that's not happening every week in college football elsewhere. Now, it's that old adage that I know my mother told me growing up, if all your friends jump off a bridge, are you going to do the same thing too? Uh, no, you obviously don't want this to happen just because, well, the excuse is everyone else is doing that. Uh, you don't want it to happen. It's not a good thing. Um, but it's not like, oh, my God, Pitt's the only team that this is kind of happening to. So I think that's the other way to just to kind of to kind of throw that out there as well, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, is that, you know, there's more, I think, parity in college football than there has been in quite some time at kind of pits level below those upper echelon elite teams. And, and this happens and maybe Pitt beats them nine out of 10 times if they play 10 consecutive weeks. But uh, just this week, Western Michigan had a great game plan, a great scheme put together. And they, like you said, the quarterback Ellaby he executed it to perfection.
0: Yeah. And I will say, I think that's something that we have to look at here that Western Michigan, Caleb Ellaby's a, a redshirt sophomore and he's throwing like that. He's going to be an NFL player. I think Sky Moore is going to be an NFL player. He came in motivated too. obviously Pitt didn't offer him. He was from shady side and you know, he came in, did the AB celebration in our own end zone. And he was a little bit motivated. Corey Crooms is going to be an NFL guy too. He's, he's got legit four, four speed. So, you know, Western Michigan has a trio of playmakers there where you're like, okay, they have legit talent. I mean, More and more and grooms, you throw more and creams on pit, they would be getting legitimate tread guys. I mean, Legitimate tread and they would be getting legitimate targets too. So those guys are good. But again, just something you, in a, in a season you want to have that breakout year, you don't know when that breakout year is going to be again, because again, you have Kenny, you have Kenny Pickett. And and that's what makes it so much more sour. Kenny Pickett, year five, Kenny Pickett is the quarterback, Pat Narduzzi. Has been waiting for since Nathan Peterman left. He's been and, and they didn't they didn't capitalize on the Nathan Peterman season, right? They didn't capitalize on the Big Mac Canada season. They went what seven and five, I think that year. Um,
1: I think I believe eight. so. Yeah, I think seven and five, and then they lost in the uh, Pinstripe Bowl to yep. Northwestern.
0: Yep, that's exactly what happened. So they, you know, that's something where you look at it and you say, well, that could have been capitalized. On. They had an NFL quarterback then. Okay, have an NFL quarterback now. You won the Coastal with that quarterback. Last year didn't go as great as you wanted. It wasn't awful. You ended the season on a nice win streak, carrying into the season now. You beat the teams you should have beat last year. You come into this season, you get a big win over Tennessee. I don't care if they're a marginal SEC opponent. It's a big win in Neyland Stadium. It's on the road. It's an SEC team, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: you grind it out and you win, and then you come home and do this. It's just deflating. But, I mean, Pitt – Pitt now just has to come up big in these big games and, and, and win. And I mean, they have to beat one of Virginia tech and Miami for sure. Hope if they beat both of them. Great. Because again, I, I think they're going to lose to Clemson and North Carolina, but we'll see how that rolls out, how Uyaga Glay looks and what that Carolina defense that's so far off the map right now that,
1: It is, it is. You can't
0: really, you know, you can't just compete with that right now. But I think the other thing coming out of this is, well, we talked about Narduzzi's leash. We both think it's a little longer than it's perceived right now, unless he completely falls off the radar here and they go like five and seven, um, four and eight, something like that with Kenny Pickett. I I think that there's also the positive and that is, well, the offense looks good pretty much everywhere except for the running game, but they really don't need a running game if they're going to do this every week. I mean, they they threw at will against all three teams they faced. And to be quite honest with you, the DB talent in the ACC doesn't look too good right now. Yeah. So what says Kenny Pickett can't throw like he did the first three weeks here and Pitt just can't shoot, at, you know, just get into barn burners and win them?
1: Yeah, no, I think that that's that's a perfectly uh, logical kind of approach if they want to take that offensively. Now, I think the one thing with the with the running game is I, I don't think that it's necessarily – I don't think it's the talented running back. I think the running backs are good. I think Vincent Davis is a good player that has had good performances before. I think Izzy Kanda, he was good in the spring game. He had a great uh, August of, of training camp, and he's a guy who I think is a, a really good player that will be for the coming years for the Panthers – I don't think it's the running backs. I think it's maybe just, I think it's the offensive line play. I think it starts up front. I think they're just not, uh, you know, like Pat Narduzzi said in his press conference, they're not getting a hat on a hat. You know, they're not, uh, uh, they're not punishing people in the trenches, I guess, is probably the way to put it. Whereas, you know, they have been really good in pass protection. I mean, Kenny Pickett, yes. He likes to run around a little bit. And honestly, like that's, that's fine with me because I think Kenny Pickett's really great outside of the pocket, especially on the run when he's extending plays. I mean, that's perfectly fine. Um, but they've been good in pass protection. I think, yes, you can throw the ball every play and throw it 35 times, 40 times a game if you want. Pitt's done that a lot under Mark Whipple, but I still, you know, and, and believe me, I'm a guy, that's what I prefer. I want you to throw it around all field because that's what I find entertaining. That's also what I feel is like their bread and butter as well. I think that with the weapons that they have in the passing game, that's what you should do. Um, but when you get to those like four-minute situations, that four-minute drill, you know, you have a a seven-point lead, you have a a three-point lead, you got to be able to run the ball and run clock and move the chains. And, you know, you can't necessarily do that trying to throw, you know, five-yard outs or or throw now routes to the outside. You have to be able to have some semblance of a run game. And I think right now that's probably Pitt's biggest question on the offensive side is that the running game has not been consistent. Uh, What I will add though is, is when it comes to Kenny, and Kenny's been so impressive to me these first three games of the season. I mean, we heard so much in, in camp about this the, the, the switch he had flipped and how he seemed to just be a completely different kind of quarterback coming into this extra year. Um, but, man, is that the truth? I mean, I think the biggest thing, too, is that in this third year with Mark Whipple, and I kind of jokingly started this uh, hashtag on Twitter during the games because I think it was in the Tennessee game. Pitt early on was – they were, they were trying to throw too many things on the outside. They were trying to go east and west as opposed to north and south with their passing game, you know, and there's too much speed on a Tennessee defense like that where if you're trying to throw five-yard outs and stuff like that or, or screens to the outside, they're going to close in on it. But if you attack them head on and you allow your super senior quarterback to find the holes in the defense, that's what they were doing against Tennessee and worked. They did it against Western Michigan as well. I mean, you got it, and the, the hashtag I created was hashtag let Kenny cook it's a play on the uh, Seattle Seahawks one where they need to let Russell Wilson cook and throw the football because you need to let him put the ball down the field, pick apart this defense in the intermediate to deep passing game and let him work and let him have command of the offense. And I think they've done a really good job of that, pushing it down the field to Addison, pushing it down the field to Lucas crawl you know, letting him find the 15 yard dig dig route coming across the middle. I think that's been a really good addition to their offense because I think in years past, there's been a little too much of the, you know, let's, let's dink it out there and let a guy kind of make people miss. You got to go right at them and attack them. And I think that that's been the difference for Kenny in this offense thus far.
0: It's incredible how explosive they are this year. And I think that's been the big, the deep passing game is just night and day from a year ago. Kenny's deep ball looks much better. I think he, you know, Addison's taking that step as a route runner on the outside now. So he's not just a slot guy anymore. He's an inside out guy. Jalen Barden's finally comfortable outside of his freshman year. Jared Wayne's looking like Chase Claypool, just throwing dudes down into the dirt. He he's might a, be a star. He's a beast.
1: He's a beast.
0: Uh, yeah, they have three legitimately good receivers, and then you also have other contributions coming in. You have Melqui Stovall, who's made a few plays. Tastier Mac. Yep, Mac is there. Shockey Jacques Louis still there, and then you have Jaden Bradley, who even made some plays against UMass. So you have a lot of talent. And that's not even mentioning Lucas Kroll and Gavin Bartholomew. And then also the fact that they also get Davis and Kanda involved and everyone can just work. And then also there's Kenny who just runs it sometimes and gets 10 yards by just escaping out of the pocket. I mean, it's a, and it's an explosive offense. I love how the offense is looking. I will say that. And I think this is why you can't sleep on pick yet because the offense, they look like potentially the, I'm not even kidding. They look like maybe the second or third best offense in the ACC right now. I mean, they look that good. I
1: 100% agree. And I've been saying, you know, on the post game show the last couple of weeks after these really impressive performances by Kenny is that, you know, if you, if you had me pick right now who the best quarterback in the ACC is, it would really be a conversation, I think, between him and Hal. Also to, you know, give some credit to Armstrong from Virginia. But uh, Kenny Pickett's playing like the best quarterback in the ACC right now. I mean, Sam Howell's great and has all that preseason Heisman hype and, and Armstrong's leading the league in passing, but the the command Kenny Pickett is showing the accuracy, the arm strength, uh, and, and back once again to reiterate command of the offense, uh, that's what's been most impressive to me about this Pitt off offense is they are let, putting the ball in Kenny Pickett's hands and, and letting him just dice up defenses. And, and it's not like he's making NFL throws consistently, whether it's that post route to, to Addison, dialing up that shot there, uh, whether it is some of those deep crossers down the field, um, those are NFL type throws. And, you know, two years ago, I wasn't sure if Kenny Pickett, you know, we, we weren't sure he was still developing if he was that guy. But I think that the great decision for him to come back for this, this uh, super senior season And, man, he looks like an NFL quarterback right now. It's been really impressive to see what he's done through three games.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, Kale. And I do have one more topic I want to talk about. But before that, I want to talk to you guys about Sweat Block. Doctor created, doctor-recommended wipes that work up for seven days per use. And this has a dry shirt guarantee. So if Sweat Block does not keep you dry, guess what? You get your money back. It's currently the number one seller in Amazon's antiperspirant category, and it's a great little secret to confidence. You can wear what you want to wear. This is a must have in your toiletry bag, whether it's for a big presentation, whatever you have to do, Sweatblock is great. Make sure to check it out. Get it at 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CVS. Folks, while you're also here, do not forget to check out Built Bar. So many good flavors in a limited time flavor this week. This week only, cookie dough chunk. Yeah, that's right. Already there's nine flavors, right? Add that one to the mix and they taste so good good but they're also healthy only 17 to 18 grams of protein 130 to 180 calories 4 to 5 grams of sugar it's not much they're nine great flavors and they're all healthy flavors as well on top of that so please go to builtbar.com and use the promo code lack 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order use promo code lack 15 for 50 percent off at builtbar.com All right, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. We got one more topic to talk about here with Kale And Kale. big problem that I really want to talk about that was highlighted. And Pat Narduzzi talked about, hey, we just had, we, we didn't come out. We didn't play well. Secondary has to get a lot better. They've been shuffling parts in that secondary. You know, I, I've been thinking, you know, what's their best lineup? Just wh- where would they be best playing everybody? And obviously the outside corners, I thought played well, actually. They didn't really get much outside.
1: No, and I think they're solid players out there too. Yeah,
0: I think Kez and uh, and Damari Mathis are, are both good players. But you get into trouble. I think Brandon Hill's also a stud. So I think three of the four spots are good, right? I almost, you know, I, I, I haven't liked what I've seen from Rashad Battle. They, they tried to give him a little tread once Hallett got cooked and Hallett, you know, he's fine. But I, I would like to – he was working there a little bit in the summer. I'd like to give, see them give MJ Devonshire a try in that slot role. He's been decent outside. You know, I think maybe he's their be- third best cover corner at this point, and I think they should maybe give Devonshire a little tread. I mean, what, what do you think about maybe if that free safety, if that personnel change is, is going to come, maybe it's Devonshire.
1: Well, I was immediately thinking, MJ Devonshire, when you when you raised the question, when I was kind of racking my brain here, because he's a guy who's got pedigree. He's come in and, and I think played fairly well uh, in the first three games of the season thus far. But you're you're right. He's a guy that, you know, in the spring and in the summer, he was both playing safety. He was playing corner. I think if you marry the two, it's a perfect situation to kind of put him in the slot. I think the thing with this pit defense, and, and that's what it kind of comes down to back with with scheme, is, is they, they're, they're basically a 4-3, whereas everyone in college football I feel like has na- uh, you know, navigated or, or, or transitioned to the 4-2-5 basically or some form of that. Pitt's still technically running a 4-3 here with that star linebacker of Phil Campbell or, or Cam Bright. Those guys, they have speed. They're athletic players, and so maybe a little smaller than outside linebackers the past. so they're kind of a safety linebacker hybrid. But a lot of teams are basically running nickel every play right? You know, they're basically running nickel across the board. Um, I don't think Pat Narduzzi is going to adjust the scheme at all, because like I said, I mean, he, he, he believes that that works. He believes in his scheme. And after, you know, one kind of poor performance, I think this year, he's not going to totally throw everything out, but I think a a scenario for Pitt is maybe to run a little more nickel where, you know, you don't want to take off all those great linebackers. They're incredibly deep at linebacker. They have a lot of playmakers at linebacker, but maybe there's some instances where they have to go four down linemen Two linebackers, and then you play an MJ Devonshire in the slot. You move Marquez Williams into the slot and put Devonshire outside because he's a little bigger guy. Or maybe you put Devonshire at field safety and then you put Eric Hallett down in the slot because he has some experience in the slot as well. So I think that's maybe a schematic thing that the Panthers could play with. But like I said, it all really depends on Pat Narduzzi, and I think he is a staunch believer that his defense still works, and I think that there is some there's there's definitely credence to that that his defense has worked. They had an excellent defense last year. Um, so I think you don't blow it all up after one game. I'm never a believer in that. I don't think that's what they should do. But maybe that's something they can tweak with. And I think, like you said, Devonshire is a perfect opportunity, a guy that maybe they just need to get him out there on the field every play in some capacity as opposed to having the current rotation they have right now outside a corner.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly the point. And, listen, they have other options. Judson Tallender could maybe get a little bit of a tread, although he's been working as rotating with, with, with Hill. Um, and then you also, you know, younger guys like PJ O'Brien is, is there. Maybe he could get some tread. Khalil Anderson is another guy, right? There are options for the Panthers here to at least work within the secondary if that's their choice. Um, but, I, again, I think that the secondary is the biggest issue on this team, period, right now. I think part of it's schematic. I'm not a huge Eric Hallett fan. I also think part of it's personnel related. So I think if Narduzzi's not going to change, well, it's got to be the personnel, right? Because I think Hamlin helped mask it a lot because he was just so smart and he's yeah such a good player. And you know, Hallett's a decent player, he's not a great player. And I think Devonshire, for how he's performed, has that potential to take a defense that has struggled and at least assuage those struggles a little bit.
1: Well, I think with Hallett too, especially, I think that, you know, he's still a fairly young guy. I know his, his name has been around around a while and he has been a guy that would come in for DeMar Hamlin or would come in at, at, at slot corner or, you know, he would come in sparingly for the Panthers the last couple of years, but he still doesn't have a ton of, uh, you know, uh, snaps on his resume as opposed to a guy like Brandon Hill, where, who I think's played fairly well. He got some opportunities to cover the slot and kind of got worked a little bit by Western Michigan too. But at least he's a guy where when Paris Ford opted out of the season last year, he was your starter. He played five, six games down the stretch. Whereas Hallett, um, he's a guy who's really getting his first, you know, deep dive into the into playing here this season. So I'm not ready to to you know totally sell out on Eric Hallett yet. I think he's still gonna be a good player, but I think clearly. Uh, Western Michigan maybe took advantage of some of that inexperience, and, and that's just a learning experience for him. He'll, he'll I think, build from it, or he'll improve from what happened on Saturday. But I think, you know, back to what we said, I, I think it's it's getting Devonshire in there more. Um, that's why you you brought him back. You know, you originally coveted him out of high school. He goes to Kentucky. He leaves Kentucky, and you're the first person to call because you want him here to play. And I think there's a situation where MJ Devonshire needs to play as much as possible while keeping those other two corners out there, because I think Marquez Williams is a good player that has played. He might be a little undersized. That's not his fault. It's had undersized corners before Avante Maddox, the starting corner for the Philadelphia Eagles, and was not a very big guy for the Panthers. Uh, and Damari Mathis is a guy with a lot of football under his belt as well. I think both of those guys are great players, but you've got to find a way to get Devin Schauer out there too.
0: Yeah. And I completely agree with that. All right, Kale. <laughs> That'll do it, man. Tell them where to find your stuff. Plug your socials. Do all the jazz.
1: Yeah, well, you can find me at kale underscore burger. Uh, That's on Twitter, on Instagram, and, uh, you know, I do a lot of things around Pittsburgh, but in terms of the pit perspective, uh, you can hear me on the pregame show, halftime show, postgame show of uh, the Pit football radio broadcast, 93.7 The Fan or whatever your local affiliate is. Uh, We got some good stuff coming up this week. I'll be talking to someone from uh, New Hampshire, as I always do, one of the Opposing media members that covers that team. Talk with one of the pit players as I get attacked by a bee here um, in the middle of this, um, and, and then uh, you know tune in for the halftime and the post game as I'll break everything down when the Panthers take on the Wildcats this weekend.
0: All right, folks, please make sure to go support Kale at Kale underscore Burger. Go listen to his show; he is great. Coming up later this week, we'll have Ian Cummings on to talk about pitch draft prospects, specifically quarterback Kenny Pickett, where they can go from here I'm going to break down Pitt's offense and why I think they are so explosive this year and why that is an encouraging sign for the Panthers and I'll also break down what maybe they could do to do the subtle adjustments in the Narduzzi scheme all that coming up tomorrow and before we leave please make sure to check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and betting expert Lee Sterling any prop bets you might have Get the lock of the week from Lee Sterling as well. Make sure to check out the Locked on Bets podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks for listening as always, Panther Nation, and hail to Pitt.